So my friends, today with our readings, both from the beginning of Luke's gospel and in the beginning there from the book of Nehemiah, we really have an opportunity to reflect a little bit on what the role of the readings is in the Mass. Why do we, why do, we do this, where we get up and we proclaim readings at Mass? This is an essential part of our liturgy. It's something um, that has its roots even before Christianity with the Jewish synagogue tradition and exactly what we heard in our first reading, that Ezra the priest got up and he read the entire book of the law to the people. He was standing, we hear in that first reading, on an elevated platform, and he proclaimed to them the book of the law. And you know, we do this at every Mass when we proclaim the readings from an elevated platform. We're not up a little higher just so you could all see. There's something about the prominence. And in fact, you know, I love it. Um... I forgot where I was, that the reader, may have actually been one of the deacons for a mass, had basically memorized the entire reading. And so got up and just basically uh, read, you know, recited from memory. We don't do that, uh, really, in the Catholic tradition. We read from the book. It's important that everyone see. This reading is coming from the book. We are proclaiming the word of God at the mass. And we hear Ezra... um, he was standing on this wooden platform. He opened scroll, and uh, there he was. He read it, we're told, plainly. He read it plainly. Uh, scripture, readings at Mass, this is not meant to be uh, an entertaining part of the Mass. You know, let's, it's usually it's the most variable part, right? What changes every week? The music and the readings. Um, and so a lot of times we pay attention. wonder what the readings are this week. I wonder what Father's going to say for the homily. Ezra read the readings plainly. We read it, we just read, it's a straightforward way. But it's important that we read them out loud, right? Uh, A liturgical scholar I was reading in seminary said that the words on the page here are no different from the notes on a page on a sheet of music. All these little black dots and lines and all that. Is that the music? The music is in the proclamation, in the singing of that, in the giving voice to those notes. That's the music. Right? When you take what's written on the page, you transform it into sound. Similarly with the Word of God. It's good that it's written down on the page, but it needs to be proclaimed. God's Word is in the proclamation of these texts. All the little lines here on the page, the letters and words and sentences, are there so that we can read this out loud. You know, we do again, it's custom and it's very good that we have the readings in our books. We give them to everyone to read right along. But really, we should be just paying attention to the reading. Um, and if we didn't have the readings there, it's about the listening to it. Not reading along, not even seeing where people make little mistakes, as we all do from time to time. Rather, just listening to the proclamation of the... This is what we do. Even, I don't know if you know this, but the liturgical gestures that the people do during this are very important, right? During the first reading and the psalm and the second reading, we're sitting. We're in a position of receptivity. And then during the gospel, we all stand. It's the proclamation of the resurrection. All of the gospel is pierced through with the resurrection of Jesus. And so we're standing in that resurrected posture. It's even what, how we do it. And then we sit and listen to the priest explain. And we even have that here, the basis for the homily. 
Ezra read plainly from the book of the law of God, interpreting it so that all could understand what was read. Interpreting it. This is now what the role of the priest is in giving the homily, is to interpret the text. You know, it's even important in the Catholic tradition, I don't, we don't get to pick the readings, right? You know, I would have loved if I could pick what scripture I want, as some of our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters do, um, that you kind of pick the readings based upon what you want the homily to be. Well, that's putting the cart before the horse, right? We have the readings that are given to us by the church, and then the job of the person giving the homily is to explain them as best as possible, as best we know how, to tie them into what our role is as disciples of our Lord, to tie them into what's going on in our lives, but really to explain what's even going on here. The proclamation of God's word. It's so important. It's so important that we be attentive to the word of God. Now, the next point in all this is that the authoritative and definitive interpretation of all of Scripture is Jesus Christ. All of Scripture before Christ points to him. All of Scripture after Christ is about him. Jesus is himself the definitive interpretation of Scripture. He says here in the synagogue at Nazareth, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. He is the Lord's anointing. He, Jesus, is the fulfillment of the scriptures. Again, it could be really good, our reading of scripture, if there's something in our personal prayer where it could be like, yeah, this passage is speaking to me this way or that way. That's a good thing. When we read the Bible, the way that a passage speaks to us, that could be beautiful. But in reality, the authoritative, definitive, Interpretation of scripture is Jesus Christ. And then that in his church, in the church, in the apostles and the successors of the apostles. The Bible is the book of the church. And so it's important that we have scripture in the church and with the church and not just on our own. It's not enough just to have our Bibles and get to heaven all on our own, me and the Bible. No, we need to be in the church. The scriptures are intended to point to Jesus Christ, and Jesus' church has the keys to the authoritative interpretation of Holy Scripture. Here's a final point. I love that today in our gospel, you'll notice if you looked at the numbers of what we read, that we read from the very beginning of Luke's gospel. Today we get the first four verses of Luke's gospel, and then we jump to chapter four. But I love that beginning part. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us. So now this is cool, right? Luke is writing his gospel. And what, probably since many have undertaken to compile these narratives, who could that be referring to? Well, very easily that could be referring to the gospels of Matthew and Mark. And any other writings that would have been around at the time. And Luke now is saying, since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of all the things that have happened, we're probably in the early 60s at this point, so only about 30 years after Jesus had died, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word and have handed them down to us, you see the gospel comes from eyewitnesses. People actually saw it, and then they told people what they saw. And then ministers of the word, those are the apostles and the disciples. Those are those who are going out and proclaiming it. I too, I, Luke, I too have decided 
after investigating everything accurately anew to write it down in an orderly sequence for you. Luke, after investigating all these things, knowing he's going to write down an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus. Now, Theophilus probably isn't the person's actual name. Theophilus means friend of God or brother of God, a lover of God with that brotherly love. So it's probably a nickname for whoever Luke was writing to. Um, but most excellent Theophilus. Um, so that, and now this is the important part. Well, it's all important, but this is the part I want to get to. So that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. So you may real. Luke is composing his gospel. So that Theophilus may realize the certainty of the teachings that he has already received. Now here's where I'm going with this. We've been doing a lot of talk among our team here about the role of the Mass and evangelization. Should Mass be the thing that we are expecting someone walks in off the street into Sunday Mass and this is it, boom, the moment of encounter? Actually, no. When does someone encounter first encounter Jesus Christ? When we go out and bring Jesus to them. Right? Theophilus had already heard about who Jesus is. Luke's writing an orderly gospel, so he may know with greater certainty and precision. But Theophilus had already encountered Jesus through the preaching and witness of those in his life. We need to do that. You see, the mass, the the model of church that people, because we're here, because there's a building here that's unlocked, that people are just going to wander in. And somehow in just wandering in, they're going to understand everything and want to give their entire life to Jesus Christ. That's crazy. And it doesn't work. Right? What does work? When we go out and bring the Word of God to others. When we introduce other people to Jesus Christ. We tell them about this Jesus who rose from the dead. We do it in the way that we best know how. We personally share the gospel story with our friends, with our families, with, when appropriate, our co-workers, with our neighbors, with people in the grocery store, with anyone. We tell them there was a man who rose from the dead and he was God. His name is Jesus Christ. He offers forgiveness from our sins. We share the gospel. And then we bring people here. Then we bring them to church. They're not just going to wander in. No one is just going to happen to stumble in our doors on a Sunday. Maybe one or two people, praise God, They're, they got good guardian angels. But really, we need to go out. The minute we leave the church today, the minute we leave the church, we need to go spread the gospel. That's the job. Why aren't more people coming into our church? Well, how many people have I told about the gospel? I was in Sap and Shop yesterday, like four people said hi to me. And I wondered, did I say to any of them, like, hey... Who are, how are you? I'm Father Casey. Have you met Jesus Christ? Come to St. Francis. Love to have you there. Jesus is the Son of God. We got to go out, every single one of us. The minute we walk out those doors, we are on mission. This is who we are as the church. As soon as we leave, we are entering the mission to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Luke is writing to Theophilus because somebody's already introduced him to Jesus. We need to do that first step. Go find people 
anyone who will listen and even those who won't and introduce them to Jesus Christ and then bring them here to the church. Then let them be caught up in the proclamation of the word, in the beautiful music, in the worship of God, most particularly in the Most Holy Eucharist. Then we bring them to church. But the church coming to Mass is not the first step. The first step is to go out, and we go out, and we start the conversation. We start the sharing. I love that today we're able to read this beginning of Luke's Gospel. We need to take the example of St. Luke. Just a final point, Luke has some details in his Gospel that he could only have gotten from one place. There's only one place Luke could have gotten some of these details, and that's from Our Lady the Blessed Virgin Mary herself. Who else would have known about the Annunciation? Who else would have known about the Visitation? Who else would have known so many of these details? And so when we need to go out on mission, we need to be with Our Lady. We need to be there with the Blessed Virgin Mary ourselves. We need to always let her accompany us. If we're too afraid to bring up our Lord Jesus, well then we ask Our Lady to give us strength and courage with that motherly confidence to introduce people to her son. We need to be with Our Lady in all of this. St. Luke, just think about the beauty of that. Probably had that personal relationship with Our Lady and sat at her feet and wrote down what she said. We need to join with the Blessed Virgin Mary, come to her and ask for her motherly protection and guidance so that then we can go out and spread the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the entire world.